0: All right, Lakers, welcome to the Friday edition of the CHS Daily. Uh, What you're hearing is a revolution in progress because in spirit of revolutions, I just had one and got rid of the other two actual hosts. And this is Mr. McArdle along with Mitch Gattapy and Austin Daniel we all really? said a coup was coming and it's finally happened oh dang it it's alex dang
1: it.
2: <laughs> I I, wait no i, was I thought like, Alex is, is, is austin taking serious? over for alex
0: oh is it oh it is freaky friday wait
2: were you were you like serious i thought you were doing a bit
3: <laughs> no he's totally serious that was hilarious
0: that's a, that's <laughs> all right all. i mean just ask any that's of my awesome. kids i call them all the wrong name anyway I, Wait,
1: might, I might pay to listen to a McCardle and Austin Daniel podcast.
2: <laughs> that would be some good banter. McCardle's
1: going to have some good
2: insight and Austin's just going to be like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. <laughs> that's,
0: maybe that's the, that's our project for the summer.
1: Yeah. Well, Mr. McCardo, you're joining us for a very special episode. So we asked last week for people to give us episode ideas and Quinn Hawley reached out and said, hey, you guys should do an episode where, uh, for your Scary Stories Freaky Friday episode, you should write your own scary stories. I like that. Um, yeah. So, we're very excited. All five of us have a scary story to share. Mm. Um, and, and I'm going to go first because I want to set the tone and kind of make all you sweat it out because I think I'm going to win. Okay. The The way we're going to vote on this is everybody gets a first place vote, can't vote for yourself. Simple as that. So. Uh, When it's all said and done, we'll each assign a gold medal, and whoever has the most will win. Fair. I was so excited. I had finally reached Loch Ness. (laughs) I had been wanting to go to Scotland my entire life, (laughs) and finally, I flew into Inverness, which is the capital of the Scottish Highlands, and I was ready. I had my Loch Ness bumper sticker that i threw on the rental car i had my loch ness guidebooks i had my nessie uh, paraphernalia shout out my high school self who wrote a term paper about the existence of the loch ness monster long story short i was ready to go so when we pulled up to urquhart castle (coughs) and we could see loch ness which in some areas is hundreds of feet deep with crevices that have never been explored. So I get to Loch Ness, and I'm really excited. But you know what? We decide, with the likelihood of a plesiosaur actually living in Loch Ness, I'm not taking a boat across it. I don't want my boat getting flipped by a plesiosaur. So instead, we decide to hang out on the beach. And if you know the Scottish Highlands... I've never been there, but I'm pretending I know them. Not really the beach that you would expect. Uh, More of a, more of a, something you'd see kind of in a a lake in Vermont, more rocky. Um, But, you know, I'm dipping my toes in just to say I I got into Loch Ness and uh, I decide to try to go fishing a little bit and drop a line in there, you know, reel in a couple small pumpkin seed type fish, nothing crazy keep throwing them back, keep throwing them back. And eventually I, I get this thing on the line and it looks like an oversized tadpole. And I'm kind of wondering like, what, what is this? It doesn't look like something that's endemic to Loch Ness. Um, you like that vocab word endemic, by the way, there you go. Everyone. Um, so, so I'm excited about this tadpole thing and looks kind of weird though. So whatever. Um, so I decide it'd be really cool to take it back home to my fish tank and doing so would be very illegal to take, um, you know, to take a living animal in Scotland out of the water and then to bring it back to the United States and put it in a fish tank. Definitely not legal. So I had to smuggle it. And the way that I got it through TSA, um, was that I disguised it as a uh, I really didn't think this through um but anyway I got it through TSA and I got back to the States and I put it in the fish tank so um it you know it starts swimming around whatever everything's cool Loch Ness is fresh water my tank's fresh water no big deal right so The next day I wake up, I go downstairs, turn on my fish tank to greet my fish as I do every morning. Um, And it's, it's tripled in size. So it went from being something that was probably, you know, the size of, uh, I don't know, probably three or four inches long. All of a sudden, bam, it's over a foot long and it looks, it's three times the size of any of my fish. looks pretty weird. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't seem right, but whatever. Maybe things in Loch Ness grow a little differently. Next morning, though, I go down there. There's no fish left in my tank. This weird tadpole thing that keeps growing ate all of them. So I'm starting to freak out a little bit. Starting to get a little bit worried. Um, but not a huge deal. Uh, but, but something that, that made me worry enough to call Ryan Strobel. <laughs> so I call Ryan Strobel and I say, hey, Ryan, you want to you have a sleepover tonight? And... <laughs> Strobes says, absolutely, I've been waiting for you to call. Um, And I said, all right, great, Strobes. You can sleep on the couch right by my fish tank. Um, So essentially, without telling Strobes, I wanted to see if anything went south because this tadpole was growing so quickly. Um, I wanted to see if it would be dangerous for humans. So I wanted to test that out on Strobes. So, (laughs) you know, so Strobes comes over. We're, we're watching movies, we're in our pajamas having a sleepover, everything's great. And then I go upstairs to my bedroom, Strobes falls asleep on the couch. Um, I wake up the next morning, Strobes is gone. So, uh, plausible deniability, maybe he left. But the tadpole is huge, and it has Strobel's head sticking out of its mouth. Um, so, <laughs> things aren't going well at this point. Fast forward, because this story's taken a long time. Fast forward a few weeks, and this tadpole has grown into this huge monster that lives in Lake Champlain now. Um, it ate Mr. Strobel and Mr. Lang, but otherwise it didn't eat any humans. Um, and it only it, it only ate evil people, so it didn't touch anybody else. Um, and so it's been living in Lake Champlain, but it's ruining the ecosystem. So, finally, one last gasp, I decide, all right, this thing is way too big for Lake Champlain. So, I decided to <laughs> donate it. Ah, wow, I really don't have anywhere else to this
3: place.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need my uh, American Scott Talent, like, giant X button. <laughs> Yeah. You know, where you can just knock And then the monster off.
2: ate everybody at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right.
2: So, it was this is the bar that's been set. You're willing to sacrifice <laughs> <You either> strobes <laughs> in order to see if your fish can, well is, like, dangerous. It's
4: like you some friend the, you are. Yeah, you either put the thing in the Great Lakes or you it, it, you just have nothing. Dude, my three it,
1: bullet points for this story were Loch Ness, Tadpole, Killstrobes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 classic. So, um all right, but the end. so essentially the end of it though like to give you guys a story. If you've ever seen Jaws, it was kind of like that.
0: What? <laughs> cool. What?
4: <laughs> so, I was headed down to my grandparents one day, and my grandparents live on an old road in an old town in an old place. Everything's old. And I don't know how old the do- um old means to you, but To me it meant 1774 that was the year their foundation was put the house was built sometime in the 1800s no one in the family really knows but 1774 was when was when the pyramont town jail was established and everyone from common crooks to murderers was was put there there were actually some early executions back in the day what was now the barnyard was where people would gather and watch as Criminals were hanged and celebrated for liberation um, and creating a better America. This, of course, stopped by 1810, and the jail was out entirely by 1830. But we always had curiosities and wonders as to what went down there. Fast forward in time, and the house became part of history again. What when you have a jail that? is now converted into a basement. It happens to have some really good hiding spots in nooks and crannies. And that came to light when the Underground Railroad came to town. The Connecticut River was less than a mile from that house and it served as the perfect jumping off point for slaves hoping to escape to Canada. They oftentimes would come and stay overnight and never, never left. One such instant, instance, though, went really far south when a fugitive slave catcher came and a massacre ensued somewhere between five and 20 lives were lost. Once again, no one really knows. It's a weird feeling when you walk down there and see concrete that's over 300 years old. It just doesn't really seem right. that the same bars or the the same door frames that now are filled with firewood and cobwebs once had bars and held people behind them. It just, it's a really, really odd feeling. Now, this isn't to say I didn't look forward to going to my grandparents. I always couldn't get enough of my grandmother's cinnamon rolls. And my grandfather was always the best farmer. If There's no better place to go as a kid than a farm. Riding around on tractors, playing, going outside. You really couldn't have asked for anything better. And like always, I was really excited to go down. When I got there, I didn't think anything was out of the normal. There was a jet black cat. Nothing but dark, dark black, rubbing around the sign at the head of the property. I figured it wasn't anything to be concerned about. They were barn cats, after all. There were probably 20 or 30 that were in there. Nothing to really pay attention to. And, per usual, my parents dropped me off. I gave my mom a kiss goodbye and packed my had my things in my bag for the weekend. As I brought them upstairs, I was curious as to why the window was open. <laughs> It was a cold November day, and my grandfather had always been so over the top about keeping his house warm. He did not want to use any more wood than he had to in his stove. So, I figured my grandmother must have opened it at some point to let the room air out before I get there, and I shut it. And I walked downstairs, and my grandfather was out working in the field. So my grandmother and I had a nice day. We played our board games, we told stories, talked. It was really good. I hadn't seen her in a couple months. Being farmers, my grandparents really went to bed early and got up early. So by the time 8.30 rolled around, they were both ready to go to bed. But as I always did, I picked my grandfather's brain. He loved telling me old stories. And he just could talk and talk, and I could never get enough. And I was wondering, Halloween had just gone by, so I wanted to know what his scariest experience on the farm was. And he told me. It was way back in the 70s. He still hadn't been farming for very long. And he saw a black cat. walk right out in front of him. And he, it led him into his shop. He wondered what was weird. But all of a sudden, his tools were everywhere. And his one wrench that he specifically needed to fix his tractor for the day was gone. He didn't know where it was or where it could possibly be. So he decided to go searching. His search quickly led him in to the basement, where his wrench had somehow made its way in next to the downstairs refrigerator. Not thinking anything of it, he went to turn around, only to find himself locked in. Without a second thought, he quickly broke the basement window and ran. He told me from that day on, he doesn't know why, but whenever he sees a black cat, he knows something's wrong and something's up. Now, Immediately, I thought of the cat I saw when I came to the house that day. I didn't think it was anything to be concerned about, but I still was on the back of my mind. But I told myself my grandfather had always been a storyteller, the kind who loved to play pranks and see his reaction to people. I figured he had probably just been smart and planted some cat fruits under the sign just to mess with me. So my grandparents went to bed, and pretty soon, so did I. I went upstairs and turned out the light in a familiar routine, doing all I could do. And I fell asleep. Then, at about midnight or so, I awoke to the sound of footsteps downstairs. Now, this isn't a scary part because my grandfather is also known for having a legendary sweet tooth. He kept candy bars in a secret stash and would oftentimes get up in the night and grab himself a little bite to eat. So me being the curious kid I was, I ran downstairs to see if he would share a piece or two with me. But when I got downstairs, I didn't see anybody in the kitchen or any wrappers or any drawers open. And I poked my head in my grandparents' room only to see that they were both sound asleep and their covers clearly hadn't been touched or turned in over an hour. At this point, I started to freak out. So I decided I was going to go upstairs and stay in bed for the rest of the night. When I got up there, I tried to fall asleep and I twisted and turned, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't working and I didn't know what to do. I decided to turn the light on and to this day, I still wish I hadn't. I saw a window open again and this time I knew something was up. It just wasn't right. I don't know how. I knew for a fact that I certainly hadn't done it. I hated the cold. And it wasn't like that when I got up and went downstairs. So I went into the corner, closed the window and decided that I wanted to go see my grandparents. I was 10 or 11, but I didn't care. At this point, I didn't want to be alone. As I made my way downstairs, I took a right, right towards my grandparents' room. The door was shut, but it always was. They didn't like sleeping with it open. But then I touched it and it was locked. I didn't know what to think. I walked around to the other side and as there were two doors to my grandparents' room. The bottom level of the house was circular around the staircase as most houses of that era were. So I figured I hey, just might've locked the warrant on the one side for whatever reason. But I went to the other one and that was locked too. Then I heard shutters click and realized that they were locked in and couldn't get anywhere. I had fear running through my, my head and my veins and I just didn't know what to do. Then I guessed it. Something was there. But not in their room. It wasn't trying to keep them in. It was trying to keep me out. I thought about the story my grandpa said. Talked about the basement. I didn't know what to do. But I figured whatever it was, it would be down there. For some reason, I have no idea of I was drawn. The door was already open before I got there. At this point, I wasn't even surprised. I took the steep wooden stairs with the slim metal railing down, not knowing what would greet me. What I certainly wasn't expecting was a trap door. I didn't even know it was there, much less where it led to. It wasn't open, but it still really creeped me out. A rug had been pulled over the top of it. I wondered if my grandparents had something to hide. Maybe it was just a little cellar. Something to keep things cool back in the day. As I got closer, uneasiness filled me. All of a sudden, I figured I'd check the window. Whatever this thing was, seemingly liked having them open. As I turned... I realized I couldn't see the window because of the figure standing in front of me. The last thing I remember was the trap door opening and being pushed in. I woke up the next day, totally fine. Just with a few cuts and bruises. I have no memory of whatever happened. Don't know where it took me. Don't know what it was. But I know one thing. I never go in that basement alone. And I never, ever... Never will see a black cat again without changing my path.
1: Wow. wow. Impressive
4: yeah,
1: stuff. Good so you made that up Thank as you, you went?
4: Low-key personal experience dramatized. Gotcha. Because I was like,
1: there's no way you just conjured that from nothing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, house stuff is all true. My grandparents live in a house that was foundation is town, the 1774 town jail and then that was also part of the underground railroad none of the what deaths up? and stuff happened but
2: wow
4: interesting mm. cool. all
1: right uh Ricardo, albright ad who wants to go next uh i, I can go next <clears throat> all right
2: so this um Sounds good. i'm not flying by the seat of my pants on this one i i was really committed to writing my own story today and so i actually wrote it out Unlike you two, um, but that doesn't really guarantee that it's going to be any good. Hey, props for <laughs> uh,
3: writing it though.
2: This was. I mean, if your
3: tadpole doesn't have strobe's head in it.
2: Unfortunately, I don't have I don't have the Loch Ness, a tadpole, or strobe dying in mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if strobes...
0: Well, you've already been moved up a peg. strobe
1: lives through your story. Is it even a good story? Like. A...
0: I guess not. Um,
2: But this is, I was told a similar story to this as a kid at at an overnight camp. And so I kind of took it in my own direction, put a twist on it. Uh, So this one is called uh, The Old New House. My wife and I had recently bought a new house. It wasn't much, a quaint little place set on the edge of town, away from the busy nightlife much too similar to our prior stay in New York City. It was nice to have a yard for once. Roughly an acre of land perfect for our two boys to roll around in the mud, play catch, build forts, and come running across into my arms, teary-eyed after the rough housing had gone too far. We got the house for a really good price, a strangely low price, and that did mean some repairs were needed before it could be a fully functioning household. Plumbing needed fixing, some of the cabinets were getting moldy, and the grade wallpaper was beginning to peel at the edges. My wife and I both took time off for a few weeks to make some repairs while the kids were at school. They made friends quickly and had them over to play, but we made sure they spent little time inside with all those loose tools (laughs) and sharp edges scattered about. My wife told me it was much easier to make a game of the work around the house for it to go by faster so we could get back to being a real family and spending time together, although I wasn't sure how to turn fixing toilets into much of a game. She told me... That She she was in charge of peeling the walls, and she had told me that it was like being in school and letting glue dry on your hands, only to peel it off and see how long you could make the strands before they ripped. For some reason, she had so much fun with this. I had never been so odd in school to do something like that, but she compared it to like peeling off the the, the, the dead skin after a smoldering sunburn. That I had been accustomed to, and I still found it quite odd, but I let her go about her way. She would start with a small section at the top where the wall met the ceiling, and see how close it would come to the floor before tearing. But one day, she called me over from ripping tiles out of the kitchen to check out the living room. She had found two small initials written on one of the exposed studs that she hadn't noticed the day before. We both couldn't recognize the initials, so we asked our boys about them that night at dinner. We figured it was one of their mischievous friends being silly and trying to prank us for being new in the neighborhood but they both denied any knowledge of the small MP we had found in the wall. A day went by as more of the gray rotted paper was peeled, more initials were found on the surrounding studs. That night we'd asked our boys if their friends were messing with us, and again, they denied knowing anything about it. When the living room wallpaper was finally all torn out, there were a total of 12 different sets of initials scattered around the framing of the room. We got fed up with our boys keeping quiet, so we asked a few of our neighbors what may be going on. They all said their children had ri- hadn't had written anything, and a few said that we should go to the police station to report a disturbance. The next Sunday, I stopped by the station after morning mass. I told the officer at the front desk what had been going on, and he asked me for my address. 32 Blakeview Lane, I had responded, and he told me something that had shook me for the rest of my life and that it caused us to move house again. The officer then responded to me saying, the owner of the house before you was a quiet, middle-aged man. He was put to death after the murder of 12 children, whose initials he drew in his walls. But what he found most interesting about what I had admitted to him was my wife's description of the wallpaper. He told me it was interesting that he said the wallpaper was gray, because when they arrested the man, the wallpaper was light pink. And all of the major organs of the children were found, except for their skin.
4: Whoa,
3: that's gross, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Good.
1: I'm big. I'm a big fan of having skin.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like mine.
3: It's, uh, <laughs> it
1: covers up blood and bones. So I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent. All right, Eddie. All right,
3: all right. I see you. All right, McArdle, Albright, what do you got? I'll go, because mine's short, and McArdle's going to win this thing anyway. No, 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 no. So the house I grew up in had the core built around the staircase that went to the upstairs. There was the, the basement, the upstairs staircase, and a closet, and the rest of the house sort of flowed like a circle around it. When you walked up the stairs to the upstairs, across from the staircase was a landing with a window. My parents told me that it had been built that way in order to make the staircase not dark to give it light. However, instead of just being a window with a landing, the landing went around a corner. You couldn't see the end of the corner and the corner went nowhere. My parents told me it was just a dead end wall, but you couldn't actually see it and you couldn't get to it. Which is a stupid architectural design. And I worried about it. I wanted to know where it went. Why would you build a wall to know where it must go somewhere? And my parents would tell me it was just my overactive imagination. Stop worrying about it. And I did have an overactive imagination. I thought I was a unicorn. Ninja turtles were real. My best friend had a Freddy Krueger doll that walked at night. I believed all kinds of stuff. So it's fair for them to think that. I read a lot of scary stories that didn't help Read those scary stories to tell in the dark books, which you have, if you haven't seen them, the illustrator of those, they're the most horrifying things I've ever seen. They still scare me. <laughs> so I would read them. I'd leave the yep. book in the hall.: Yep. My mom would come up, she'd see the book in the hall, she'd know I was scared, she'd get mad. It was a whole circular thing. Yeah, you worry about monsters in the closet when you're a kid because you worry about what you can't see. You worry about the fear of the unknown. And when you're, when you're small, the things that you can't see are under the bed or in the closet. I started to have this recurring dream about this little man. He had a hat and he had red eyes and he came from the landing above the stairs. So when I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would get out of bed and I would sprint to the bathroom as fast as humanly possible. And then coming back to bed, I would have to take a flying leap because... He might be hiding under the bed and it might grab your ankles you know that feeling when you're standing in the dark and your heart starts to pound your stomach twists into a little bit of a knot and you start to sweat a little bit and you're like worry that your feet are vulnerable for some reason like your like your toes and your ankles and so i mm-hmm. kept having this recurring dream and i kept thinking that i was seeing this little man and when i would get up at night i would hear these weird rustling noises um and i would hear them coming from that corner My mom would tell me it was probably my sister, it was probably my brother, but I could have sworn that it was coming from that weird corner on the landing. Well, this goes on and on and on every night, and it becomes less of a rustle. It becomes more of like a small feet running, goes on and on and on, becomes more of rustles to footsteps, to some squeaking, to hearing something running in circles. Meanwhile, I still think that I'm hearing this little man. My mom dismisses it, gets mad, sees the book in the hall, gets mad again. On the last night that it happened, I don't know what woke me up, but the house was too quiet and too dark. Slid my feet out of bed onto the cold floor, froze, heard something, froze, heard a murmur. I heard my sister snore, relaxed, stepped out in the hall, ran as fast as I could into the bathroom, shut the door and turned on the light, heard nothing, relaxed. I left the bathroom, was calmer, more confident. I turned off the light, took a step toward my room. And the last thought I had as I felt teeth and claws sink into my shoulder was I knew it wasn't my imagination.
0: (laughs) That's good. All right. All right. That's a good one. I like that.
3: Mccardo, some good ones here.
0: Yeah, these are good. These are good. I have a
3: fun story about mine when we're done
0: all right all right um interesting that uh that so many are focused on like um, you know some type of a house or like a you know like a dwelling other than you know tadpole strobe or whatever, or, or, whatever the first one was <laughs> um okay so um so mine um mine has um I don't know. It's, it, it, to me, it was, it was always um, like a, uh, like a fun thing to do to get together with my cousin and um, my younger brother and stuff. When we were, um, when we were little kids, we used to like uh, sleep in my grandparents hallway Um, for some reason we thought it was like really cool. Kind of like, like Beth, you were saying, like there was like this landing there. Um, So that's kind of what made me think of it, but that's a little bit of a side story because Um because my my story has to do with um watching my cousin's kid when she was really little. Um and something that happened in our old place when we were watching my cousin's kid. Um so I don't you guys might not know, but um but before I live where I live now, I used to live on Officers Row in Fort Ethan Allen over in the other side of Colchester. Um And those houses were built in the late 1800s as officer's quarters. Um, And anyway, the place that we lived, it was a third floor place. And it had this really long hallway um, between um, our main bedroom. And then there was a side bedroom and, um, and the kitchen. And so um, we were watching my cousin's kid for her. She was away on a trip and, um, she had asked if we could we could watch her daughter for her. Her daughter's name's Ray. Um and uh and so uh she was asking if we could watch Ray and I said, yeah sure, no problem. Um and so um, Ray was uh I think she was about six at the time. So she was six or seven. Um and uh anyway, like really easy going kid, like you know, tons of fun and and things like that. Um, but you know, before my cousin's leaving, she's like, Hey, lately Ray has been having, um, these things called night terrors. Um, mm-hmm. you guys know what these things are. Um, so like she's having these night terrors, like where she wakes up and, um, she is, she's still asleep, but she thinks, you know, like she's like seeing something or, or she's scared of something. And, um, we're like, Oh, okay. Um, that would have been great information before you'd left, but okay, whatever. Um, and, uh, we said, okay, well, what do you do? And and she's like, well, you know, like they've been, they've been getting progressively like more intense. Um, hopefully that won't happen, but, um, you know, I'm only going to be gone two days. So like, you know, don't sweat it. Um, anyway, we, you know, to boil the story down a little bit shorter is like, you know, we're getting her ready for bed and, um, and my wife and I are like, okay, you know, like, do you need anything or like, you know, what, uh, what is does, what does mom usually have you sleep in? And she's like, oh, I just have like this, um, night shirt. And so like we get her, um, in her like night shirt and jammy pants and stuff like that. And she's, um, she said, yeah, um, read me a story, but, um, um, don't make it a scary story. And okay, sure. No problem. So we, are reading, uh, like you know, kind of easygoing stories, and um, and she said, "Well, what happens if I um, if I need you at night?" I said, "Okay, we're right down the hall. Like you can, you're gonna sleep in the spare bedroom." Um, and she said, "Okay, um, I will. I'll just knock for you, um, like knock on your door." Okay, fine. Um, so, um, put her to bed you know, my wife and I go to bed, um, late at night, I, I can't remember what time it was, um, just like this blood curdling scream. Um, and we let, I sit like bolt up in bed. I'm like, what the heck is that? Um, and kind of like, all right, I'm waiting for it to like happen again. Um, and like, it's just dead silent. And, um, and so I, but I hear a knock, you know, it's like but it's not it's not on my door. Um it's it's actually like it it sounds far away. It it was almost like as if my neighbors were knocking. And um I open my door thinking that it's, you know, Ray, it's like she's scared or something like that. I see her but she's not at my door. She's at the opposite end of the hallway. So I'm not entirely sure like you know, how that knocking was sounded, you know, as it did. Um, And she's standing there in this just like white night shirt. Like I can kind of vaguely see her Um, and she looks awake, but at the same time, she's got like this, like, kind of like snarled look on her face. Um, And I'm like, Oh, honey, you okay? You okay? Like here, come here. Um, She won't move. And so I walk down the hall And, um, I, I noticed that the kitchen window is open, which is bad because we're on the third floor and there's this child. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't leave that open. Um, and there's also like scratches, like all over my like long hallway floor. And I'm like, what? I like, I don't understand. Um, so anyway, as I get, you know, within a foot or so of her. I'm talking to her, but there's, like, complete, like, blank expression on her face. Um And I'm looking around. I'm, like, it, it almost seems as though, like, there's been, like, a huge disturbance in my house. Like, not stuff out of place, but, like, there's these scratches on the floor. The window's open. Um, And usually, like, the dog is, like, right by my side. We um Beth and Ben, you guys know, like, we had a uh, Springer Spaniel for a long time. And, and he is usually like right by our side. Um, He's actually cowering in a corner, completely soaking wet as if he's been like put in a bath and like, yeah. And so I'm like, I, I I just don't understand. Um, And as I get close to Ray, um, I'm trying to ask her like, if she's doing okay. And just like screams, like, as if like, that kind of piercing scream that would like break glass. Um and I'm like like you know it it hurts your ears. And so like I go to touch her um like on her shoulder and she like swipes at me with her with her hand almost like these like it's as if her fingernails had like grown and like completely like scratched my hand, scratched my arm. Um and I pull back and I'm like oh my god, like that's crazy. So um you know, she's just like kind of like got this like snarled look and I'm just like kind of standing next to her. And I'm like, what, you know, are you okay? Like, what can we do? Like, let's just wake you up slowly and stuff. Um, and, and as I look down, um, on the floor, like carved into the floor in front of her is the word unless. And I'm like, what? Like, that's just like, I I don't, I don't quite understand. Um, and so, Basically I am able to get her to start to walk with me back down the hallway, back into like the little bedroom where we had her. I got her back in bed. She like is starting to close her eyes and like fall asleep. And I'm like, I'm like sweating at this point. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Like what is, I'm terrified. And, um, and she falls back asleep. Um, and so I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to like, maybe leave like a, a small light on like down the hallway just in case and things like that. And I go back down, I laid, lay back down, um, in my bed and fall back asleep. I wake up the next morning. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm like, I, I walked down the hall, um, as I get out of bed and, you know, and I don't see any scratches on the floor. Like I, you know, thought I saw last night. Um, and, you know, the dog comes like kind of running down the hallway and he seems fine. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I go in, I, you know, kind of peek in on, on Ray and she's starting to stir. Um, and I'm like, Hey, did you sleep? Okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, and, uh, I'm like, are you sure you slept? Okay. And, and she said, yeah, yeah, I, I'm fine. Um, and, uh. I'm like, oh, because, like, I, you know, I kind of had, uh, um, you know, like, it seemed like a rough night. And um, I said, uh, did you did you have any, like, bad dreams or anything? And she said, um, no, unless you did.
1: Oof. <sighs> I'm trying to wrap my head around what just happened. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so
4: you, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah. We, that we we went for the three feet today because Albright, I was talking up a storm after yours, and then got the vibe that no one heard anything I was saying.
1: What I had the a heck, feeling. Man? I had a feeling that happened because usually you react big Mitch, and
4: you didn't react at all. Yeah, but uh, wait. So weird. okay,
1: I'm trying to figure out no, unless you did like. So unless
0: she'd carved into. The... Uh... There
1: we go, Baldwin. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Gosh, gotcha. okay, I wanna say man. I feel like four out of five of us had a very strong showing. Bodwin like <laughs> what oh my happen, god, <laughs> like pretty to say like four out of five of these like legitimately <laughs> had me like very interested, like as good if not better than the regular scary stories.
1: Well, wait man, are you talking please? about me,
3: Alex, <laughs> Albright,
1: and McCarl? No, yeah, I agree and just please
2: try to explain to me, like, what was going through your head when you planned that?
3: Wait, no, can you tell them what your mom said about your stories? <laughs> like she was like, <laughs> my
1: mom was like, yeah, um, uh, uh, she was like, Albright has a really nice, like, scary story reading voice. She should do, she should, like, do read aloud books. And then she was like, and you put in really good effort in yours. Oh, <laughs> oh,
4: moms are so sweet. <laughs>
1: moms are so sweet. So, Mom. I, I, okay, so I think mine, um, no offense to the four of you, maybe you four aren't like sophisticated enough to get the deeper meaning. <laughs> <of> the <author. laughs> uh, but there, there was yeah, like a lot of, I missed
3: the deep meaning of like, the no ending. <laughs>
1: There was a lot of, like, metaphors. There were a lot of – there there was just a lot of – like, if I – if you go back and listen to my story on repeat, you'll see there's a lot of things that – like, a lot of aphorisms, which I don't (laughs) quite know what those are. Um, But there are a lot of –
0: I feel like you're laughing at these words that you don't actually that
1: uh, That you might not have picked up the first time. Okay,
4: I, I want yeah, sure to, listen to it I again. Wanna say, because I never got to react to Albright's, that I don't know about have any of you guys actually had recurring dreams? They are the
2: creepiest yeah. and
4: scariest thing. Like, I don't care if they're Agreed. happy, they are still terrifying.
2: Yeah, Mitch, I had... Uh, <laughs> uh, do you mean, like, recurring, like, again, or, like, more than, like... Anything recurring. Like, I've had I... When some I was, like, I've... six or seven, I had... There was a couple nights where, like, it was broken up over the course of a couple weeks, but I would mm-hmm. have the same, like, scary dream over again. Like, I had it, like, six or seven times.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, really weird.
4: what gets me is, like, yeah. I have this one, like, female character that when I see her in a dream, I know I, like, am not able to wake up from the dream. Because I'm a lucid dreamer, right? So, like, I immediately realize I'm dreaming and then I can't wake up which simultaneously makes it both terrifying and re- it's just really creepy
2: mm.
4: um but mm. but yeah
2: wow all right so I don't, I don't my like vote me, but whenever like sorry Bowdoin well, whenever <laughs> I'm dreaming but I'm and then I'm at my grandmother's house I know something's gonna go south yep yep so it's weird like that that it's yep. like there's something that hmm. like, will like clue you in that's going to go bad.
4: Same with me and my grandparents.
2: I love my grandmother but like something about dreaming about our house, something always goes wrong. I only get
0: Do you have to be at the house or do you have no, to dream, I dream about, about the, house. the house?
2: Yeah.
4: If I am at uh, my grandparents' yeah. house, I'll get out of body experiences. But if I never get them anywhere else. Hmm. hmm.
0: I feel like it I feel like Mitch's grandparents' house. Oh, no. I like it's like a place
3: is. I don't want to sleep. Well, okay.
0: Right? Okay, this Didn't is... Didn't you say thing. it was a town jail?
4: So what I did is I turned them into scary ghosts. I don't know, like, do you guys ever, like, mm. step into a place and, like, you can kind of feel the energy of it? You know what I mean? Like, you, you can... Yeah, yeah you, you get can, kind of
0: chilled. Yeah, you, you can feel like, if it's off or if it's weird. whatever.
4: If you step in there, it's very peaceful. It feels like... And, like... Mm. Our theory is that whatever's there is very friendly and has no problem with anybody coming and going Um, because like, you know, there's Mm. random stuff like um, the windows are a thing. The windows always end up open Um, or like um, lights get turned on or boards move, rugs get moved, all that type of stuff. But like nothing bad ever happens. So like, I feel perfectly comfortable there. It's just a old house with a lot of history. Mm. Hard path.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hard I'm having pass. a hard time choosing Oh I'm voting
4: mm. Albright I'm leaning McArdle Albright. I'm, I'm not going to lie Albright I'm going really? with yours just because of for the fact that recurring dreams hit close to home with me and my grandparents house is also <laughs> that circular design where everything revolves around like the center of it um, so mm-hmm. and it also has a weird window that shines light on the staircase so I have like a lot of parallels there
1: you know, Mitch, I thought it was kind of hurtful that you said four out of five were good. I thought that was unnecessary. I think all five of our stories were really good. Um, so shout out to everybody because I think that's five really strong
0: stories. Um, but... we need AD and McCardle to vote.
1: Yeah. I'm going to vote I'm, McCardle. I'm voting, I'm, voting, okay. I'm voting
2: McCardle for sure.
4: Okay, wow. Ooh. Well, okay. I'm
2: sorry I prevented the wow. sweep. But well we're done, um, with yeah. McCardle. I I thought I could I thought I could done it. Oh, no. I, I, you know what? McCardle just stole the are show, you... man.
3: <clears throat> McCardle also has like a Thanks, weirdly guys. good scary story, like voice.
1: That's true. He does. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so part of mine is true, um, in that, um, but it wasn't. Uh, it's not my cousin's kid who had night terrors. It's one of my kids um, who had night terrors. Really?
4: Sounds horrifying. And,
0: uh, Did you actually yeah,
4: see the scratches? Good
0: God, are they scary? Okay. Okay. No, no, I made that, I made that part up, but the house that we, like the whole scenario that I tried to play out, I was trying to describe our old house and, um, and when one of my kids would have night terrors, the only, um, creature that the, that my kiddo would respond to it was the dog, um, would like completely blank stare on, um, I, I don't think she didn't care it's Rowan. Um and uh, and I don't think um I don't think that she it's like you would try to talk to her and like completely blank stare on her face like nothing like she did, didn't acknowledge that a human was talking to her but the dog would come and sit next to her cuz he was like really sensitive to her and um and she would put her hand on the dog and would like obviously be That's comforted that way. the dog was there until she like until she kind of woke up and then was like, "Oh, okay, I'm back." Um, but it's like oh, definitely yeah. one of the creepiest yeah, things it. I've ever seen.
4: Oh, right, you said you had like some real connection or something, right?
3: <laughs> no, mine has a funny twist. Okay, <laughs> like so, all of the details of my story are true. Yep. Except that this thing, <laughs> when I was a kid, we had a psychotic cat oh, who my during the day God. was completely normal. <laughs> And for some reason, dark would fall, and he would run in circles so around so the circle part of the house. What I'm hearing is your cat was possessed. Would, yeah. He, he, no, no, he. Yeah, so right. He's totally normal during like, the
0: day. I was gonna like, vote for your story anyway. Like we really
3: liked him. He was a good cat, and I'm not really a cat person. And at night, he would run the length of the house around the staircase, and he would pick up speed, and he would come. Out of nowhere, and he would take a flying leap and he would like attack you. (laughs) (laughs) My mom hated him so much.
4: Wait, so did you ever it have one of those thing. Did so did you ever have one of those nights where you were absolutely flat terrified and then all of a sudden this cat comes and launches Sprinting at you? Sprinting at
3: you. Oh yeah, because all of the other details <laughs> of my story are true. I was an overactive imagination kid who was terrified of everything and had recurring dreams about weird things. So he scared the shit out of me on more than one occasion. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah.
4: Oh my god. That was yeah. terrifying.
3: <laughs> Get back into that little fake hallway. Yeah, that's or great. It was. Nope i i my parents built our house and I lived there until I went to college. Never seen where it went. They said it went to a dead end.
4: Oh, that would terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> you that's couldn't get great. to it because
3: you had to put a stepladder I... on the stairs to get up there.
4: Yeah, I tell you what, I would get a step ladder because I just I couldn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Like your love sure (laughs) let's do it
1: um i'm gonna shout out McArdle because he's the first repeat guest on chs daily and he just won a competition yeah so micardle uh one of the one of the uh legends of this podcast now for both of those reasons
0: so big (laughs) shout out to. i'm so honored honored thank you
4: uh shout out to me to my grandparents on my mom's side that's the house I've been talking about but um haven't gotten to see you both in too long with the COVID-19 so um love you both miss you both and I hope you are both hanging in there and I can't wait to get back down soon
2: I'll piggyback off of Mitch um I want to shout out my grandmother on my dad's side because we haven't seen her in a couple months and we she lives up in Derby, so we met her halfway last weekend at uh, just, like, a fire station parking lot, like, halfway between us. And we just, like, stayed in our – we sat in our car, and we talked to her for a while. And we we make sure whenever we see her to give her some puzzles to do at home. So we gave her some puzzles, and she made us her famous homemade oatmeal mm. cookies. And those have gotten me through the, the last couple days. So shout-out, Grandma.
1: That's huge.
0: Awesome. Um, I'll give a uh, a shout out to uh, my parents who um, are completely like 400 miles away from here in Philadelphia. But at the same time, um, because of the quarantine have been like um, communicating with uh, friends and family um, more than they ever have. And it's been actually really fun to like call and uh FaceTime them like uh just almost every day. Um and uh almost like have them as sort of like a um digital part of the family like at meals and stuff like that. We'll just like you know have FaceTime going on a phone and like have them like hanging out with us at dinner time. So shout out to Well now I have to shout Monday. out my grandparents too <laughs> who <laughs> are
3: snowbirds and currently trapped in Florida. <laughs> and Oof. they would usually be home by now. And uh, I miss them dearly. I love them a lot. I grew up very close to them. So the fact that they're still trapped in Florida kind of sucks. So. <laughs>
1: All right, fine. Shout out my grandma. <laughs> on. Make it real. I, I love her very much. She's fantastic. <laughs>
0: um, I'd, I'd oh. shout out uh, my hey. grandma. It's her birthday today. Um, and, but, well, she, I mean, she died a long wow. time ago. So, but, uh, but she'd be 100. Wow. So like that's kinda yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
4: All right. Indeed. Good stuff. Well then that is your freaky Friday, um, everyone. So have an awesome weekend and we will see you again on Monday. See ya. Bye everyone. Bye.
1: See ya.